0: you are listening to Press Church Podcast, please enjoy this week's message. The title of the conference, the theme of the conference was, The Future is Now. The Future is Now. And the title of my sermon today is, I changed it up a little bit to, Your Future is Now. Your Future is Now. I want to share some things from the conference uh, some things that impacted me and Maddie, some things that that we received, some things that uh, that we took home from the conference and I want to speak it over the church and speak it back over y'all um, and, and hopefully you can grasp onto it um, because the prophetic word that was given in Dallas, Texas last weekend was not just uh, for that group of people it was it was for all of us and if we can all hear it and we can all receive it, we can all grow from it. Amen. So the scripture that I want to dive into today is 2 Corinthians 6, verse 2, and it's the second part of the scripture, 2 Corinthians 6, verse 2. uh, He says, in an acceptable time I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you. This is the part that I want to hone in on. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the is the day of salvation. That we see in a scripture that we're very, very familiar with. In John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, we know this scripture, we have it tattooed, we write books about it, we get excited about it. "'For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish.'" but have everlasting life. Verse 17 says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him we, the world, might be saved. You see, it's interesting when it comes to the time frame of humanity because we're, we're locked in and we're shackled by time. we got to go to bed by a certain time. We've got to wake up by a certain time. We've got to work for a certain amount of time. We've got to spend time with our family. We're here right now spending a certain amount of time in service. You're thinking about the time you're going to spend at lunch, hopefully as soon as I finish. But God is outside of time. God is, is not considered it. And it would be weird if I went, I worked from home, but if I called my boss and said, hey, um, I'm a child of God. God is outside of time. Um, so I'm going to work whenever I feel like it. I'm just going just to, you know, just like God, I'm going to be fluid and, uh, and, and not be invested in time. Um, they would say, thank you for your time. Uh, go spend your time somewhere else, is what they would tell me. But we, as humans are, handcuffed, to time. We only have a limited amount of time. The scripture says that life is but a vapor. We're here today, we're gone tomorrow. But the scriptures here that in 2 Corinthians that Paul talks about, he says now is the accepted time. Right now, in this moment, is your day of salvation. You see, Jesus comes to the cross... Dies, buried in a tomb, and rises again the third day over 2,000 years ago. But what he did 2,000 years ago is so prevalent in our life right now. And people in the future, my daughter who isn't born yet, August 11th is the due date, getting closer and closer. October. <laughs> I'm very excited. Very excited about uh, when she's coming. So, (laughs) very excited. I remember. I remember things. She's growing in the womb, and she's not saved yet. You know, she's hearing us preach. She's hearing Maddie sing, but uh, she she hasn't come to the full realization of who Jesus is and and the Savior that she needs. But What Jesus did 2,000 years ago is just as strong, is just as powerful for when she's born and when she decides to come to know Jesus at an early age, amen, that the power of God transcends time. That what Jesus did on the cross was set in stone for eternity that anybody at any time could just tap in to that eternal salvation, whether it's in the 1900s, the 2000s, or the year 5000, they could just reach out into eternity and say, I believe that, and the same power of God can flow into their lives because now is the accepted time, and now is the day of salvation. You see, when Jesus dies on the cross, before he breathes his last breath, And I've preached this before, he yells out three simple words, words that we've all said before, but were the most powerful words that echoed throughout eternity, who had echoed throughout hell, that echoed throughout the earth, that echoed throughout heaven when he yelled out, it is finished. It is finished, which means there is never a beginning to that again. Which means he conquered and defeated something that started so long ago. That at that moment, time changed right there. Where he said, what's happened up to this point, what happened at the beginning, I finished it. And there's a new thing that's happening from this point on. It is finished. Powerful phrase that we ourselves need to utter in our own lives because right now you might be in a time that is frustrating you might be in a time in your life where you're angry might be a time in your life where you don't know where God is or what God is doing a time in your life where you've made some choices and the consequences are now falling upon you but what's beautiful is that right now is the day of salvation. And no matter what's been going on in your life, you can make a conscious decision to say, it is finished right now. I'm not going to live that lifestyle anymore. I'm not going to deal with that relationship anymore. I'm not going to pretend that I'm okay with God, but I'm going to make the decision to serve Him today. Right now is the acceptable time to receive Him to experience him because right now is your future and your future is right now because with God outside of time at any point you can tap in to his eternity and receive healing at any point you can tap in to the resources that he has the love that he has the peace that he has the joy that he has the relationship that he wants to have with you the righteousness all of the fruits of the Spirit, all of the gifts, at any point in time in your life, you can say, oh, that's it, I've had enough, my li- it's finished with what I'm dealing with, now is the accepted time for the salvation to happen in my life. Let's look at another now scripture. 1 Corinthians 12, 27. It says, now you are the body of Christ and members individually. Look at the way this scripture is written. What comes first? The body of Christ. What comes second? You as an individual. As soon as you raise your hand in an altar call, as soon as you come up front, give your heart to Jesus, as soon as you pray that prayer, as soon as you confess outwardly and believe internally, you are instantly grafted into the family of God. And secondly, it says you become a member individually. Right now, we are in a time frame of history where it's all about individuality. Be whoever you want to be. Shine your greatest be your best, which is all good, but it's given these people the wrong kind of identity. Well, I want to be this. No, no, no. We're first a part of the body of Christ. That's our first identity. And then when you understand and identify as being a part of the body of Christ, then through being the body of Christ, you understand who you are individually As a member of the body of Christ. Look at this in Romans 12 verses 3 through 8. Paul is writing to the Romans and he says, For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. should probably shout that from the rooftops in this day and age and culture. But to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members of one body, but all members do not have the same function. So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Let us them, if prophesy, let us prophesy in portion to our faith or ministry, Let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. That we are all together the body of Christ. But there also is a function for each one of us as members. And we see Paul list off a list of them right there. And that's not all the gifts. Not everyone is called to be a pastor. If we were all called to be pastors, we would all be up on stage today, all talking at the same time, with nobody in the crowd to listen. Some of us are called to the business world, some of us are called to be in ministry. Some of us are called to serve in different aspects of ministry, that there are gifts that God has placed in you that only you can bring to the member in the body of Christ, which is why it's so important to come to church when the doors are open. Because there's something inside of you that when we all come together, you highlight, and you bring, and I bring, and my wife brings, and this person brings, and that person brings, and the body of Christ is brought together. And who knows what the body is missing when you're not here on Sunday. Now I'm not talking to you because you're here and you're helping the body. Talking to people who aren't here. Right now we are part of the body of Christ. But it's your job and your responsibility as you grow in your relationship with God to find out your gifting, to find out your function, to find out your role, to find out your place in the body of Christ. How am I supposed to function in the world outside of church? Am I supposed to have my own business Am I supposed to be an entrepreneur and start businesses? Am I supposed to help other businesses? Am I supposed to grow in my business so that I can be a financial supporter to the local churches and to missionaries? Am I called to be a missionary? Am I called to go and travel and be a missionary locally, be a missionary abroad? Am I called to be a part of the local church? Am I called to serve in the local church? Is my gifting musical? Is my gifting exhortation? Is it prophecy? Is my gifting able to teach? Is my gifting able to serve and take care of kids. And us as leaders can look and help develop and encourage, but there's also a responsibility on each and every one of us to go to God and say, you know what, I understand that right now I'm part of the body of Christ, but I'm also a member. God, what is my calling? What is my identity in the local church? What is my identity? What am I supposed to be? Who am I supposed to be? Where am I supposed to go? that you flourish where you are. And when you find out who you are and what you're supposed to do, that's when your life will change forever. When you know that you can step into your calling, you can step into your gifting. It was nice to go back to Dallas. It was nice to see all the members of the church that we were a part of for six or seven years. It was nice to stay with faith and see them and spend time with Pastor Eric and Heather and go to their house. But at the end of the trip, I felt my heart longing to be back at my house and to be back at this pulpit and to see each and every one of y'all and talk with y'all and spend time with y'all, to check on y'all. And I'm thinking, what's going on at the church? Who's there? I want to hear Tommy preach. I want to I be able to, to check in with y'all and say hi to Joe and Larry, and I, I want to see everyone and hug y'all and, and get a hug from Tommy. There's nobody in Dallas that can hug like that, right? There's nobody in the world that can hug like that. To see the worship team, to get up and preach. And, and it was just such a, a blessing to say, oh, okay, God, that's where I'm supposed to be. That's my calling. That's my gifting. And to flourish there, to grow there, to grow the people there. It was great to be back in Dallas because there were relationships that we had with people in ministry, and I got to sit down and talk with several pastors who had grown churches, who had started from the bottom and and were working their way up. Some were one year, two years, five years, ten years into the churches that they had planted and just sit and talk with them, sit and talk with Carl. If you all remember him, Carl and Pearl came. They're on staff there, and uh, he's doing schooling for counseling, and uh, just get to sit and talk with him and pick his brain and um, just kind of get some free counseling from Carl because I call him my personal counselor and uh, I just call him and uh, there's always this joke running that if he has on like church or work socks then he can counsel me Uh, but if he's got like flip-flops on or uh, just regular socks then we're just friends and uh, we're just hanging out having a good time so I always call him be like hey what socks do you have on and he'd be like, oh, well, I'm still on my work clothes. Perfect. I, uh, I need to ask you about uh, why am I doing this. And, uh, and my wife really wants to know why I'm doing this and, and how can I fix it. Um, and so I got to sit on his sofa on Wednesday, and we talked for like four hours about work, about church, um, just got some counseling from him and talking with him. Um, and uh, hopefully I can be a better husband now uh, after, uh, after talking with him and um, remember my future daughter's birthday, I guess. I have a friend who's in uh, California who's an associate pastor at a church in California, and I can call him, I can pick up the phone and call him, and instantly we just fall right back into line of when we were at Bible school and when we worked together, that there are people in ministry that are in the part of the body of Christ that I can call and I can talk to, and no matter how long it's been, no matter, we are instantly connected, and we can instantly just start encouraging each other, loving each other, and pick back up. Because we're right now, in this moment, all a part of the body of Christ. Right now, we are all members individually. A couple more scriptures and I'm almost done. This is a scripture that we've heard before, but it's another now scripture. In Hebrews 11.1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So right now, as we're trying to understand that your future is now. That now is the acceptable time. That right now, in whatever situation you're going through, right now is the day of salvation where your life can change by reaching out and tapping in to the eternity time frame of God of what Jesus did for you, of what He paid for you. And say, I receive that and I accept that now. The word accepted in the dictionary means a generally believed or recognized to be valid or correct. The accepted time, it's generally believed or recognized to be valid or correct. So as we talk about it being now the accepted time, my question to you is, what do you believe currently is valid or correct in your life? What is the truth that is happening in your life right now and sometimes when you evaluate that truth and you line it up with the word of God you'll find out that your truth is not really a truth example could be you go to the doctor the doctor says you have whatever disease scares you the most right there that's a truth that's what they're saying in the reality that's a truth and you have a moment to decide, is that my accepted time? Is that my accepted truth? Or well, let me go and see what the Scripture says. It says, by His stripes, I am already healed. It says, He sent His Word, and His Word healed me. It says that God has called me to prosper in my spirit and in my health. Oh, okay. So the accepted truth not really the truth you've got to go and look at what you truly believe in your life and then see if it mirrors the scriptures maybe you don't like your job maybe you don't like what you see in the bank account, maybe you're tired of getting those bills saying it's overdue we're going to take this, we're going to take that that is a truth that is a reality right here but is that your accepted truth Is that what you're accepting right now? Because when I go to my scriptures and I mirror that up against that truth, all of a sudden it fades away and that's not a truth. It says that he who was rich became poor so that through his poverty we might become rich. And Deuteronomy says he's given me the power to obtain wealth. It says that he's going to meet our needs according to his riches in glory through Christ Jesus. It says whatever I sow, that's what I'm going to reap also says if you don't work you shouldn't eat but another truth we'll dive into later that we look at the accepted time right now in our lives and ask what am i believing because the accepted truth the accepted time frame is right now and the accepted thing that you should be believing is the day of salvation maybe it's a relationship with a child, with a spouse. You're tired of looking at her, but let's be honest, she's probably tired of looking at you. Strained relationship with a child. Maybe there's a fear inside of you. God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. That should settle it right there. Well, I'm fearful. Okay, well God didn't give you that. So if God didn't give you that, he wants to take that away from you. What did he give you? Power, love, and a sound mind. It says that perfect love cast out all fear. also says in the scriptures that God is love. So the closer you get to God, the more the fear will drive away. Those are truths. Those are, we look at it and say, well, I'm fearful of this. Okay, that could be a truth right now. But now we can change that truth. By mirroring it with the Word of God. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We talk about faith a lot here, and I'll continue to pump faith into you because faith is the most important thing that is out there. By grace, we are saved through faith that there's there's this relationship with me and God where he pours his grace out how do i receive that grace is by receiving it by faith he offers his grace down with his hand i offer my hand up with faith and when it meets in the middle salvation happens the initial salvation happens where you're saved and you go to heaven But there's a constant salvation that's happening in my life where I've got to reach up to God and say, I need salvation in this area of my life, and I offer my faith up to you. And he says, that's all I need, boy, because without faith, it's impossible to please God. So when I do offer my faith up, that pleases God, which means he offers his hands of grace to my situation and changes it forever because your future is now when you start believing what God says about you as opposed to whatever your accepted truth is right now in the reality. I believe not what I see, but I believe what is unseen, and what is unseen is what's in that book, and I need to see it manifest in my life because now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, now then we our ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. That Paul is speaking to the church of Corinth, and he's saying that he's an ambassador for Christ, and he's imploring them on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. It's our, it's our mission in our ministry, as pastors, as everyone we come in contact with, that my heart for you and your family and your situation is be reconciled to God today. Quit focusing on that situation. Quit focusing on Satan always attacking and this happening and that happening. Just be reconciled to God. Just reach out to Him today because now is His accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Do you believe that your day of salvation can be right now? Let's look at one more now scripture, Romans 13, 11. And do this, knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. How many of you remember your salvation moment? How many remember that moment that you had with God? A lot of people say, you know, when I got saved, that was when I was most on fire for God. That's when I I really loved God the most. And now, five years later, six months later, five years, 50 years later, man, I remember... When I was on fire for God. I, I remember when He spoke to me. I remember when he, he He touched me and changed my life at my salvation Day. And Paul brings a teaching and a correction here in Romans 13, 11. He says, For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Doesn't matter how long you've been saved. You go, we've talked about this before, from glory to glory. There's not a recession when it comes to your relationship with God. You should always be going from glory to glory to glory. I love what God did when I was a pastor in Louisiana. But when I moved to McKinney, I wanted to see him more. I wanted to experience him more. I wanted to experience his presence. I wanted to flow in the gifts more. I wanted to just see him move more. We moved to McKinney. And God brought us from glory to glory. didn't mean it was always easy. There was things that happened in this earth. But as I drew closer to God, the things that happened to us wasn't as big of a knockout punch as it was in Louisiana. My prayer now as we move from McKinney and step here in our own church in Williston, South Carolina, is I want to go from glory to glory to glory. I want to see God stronger. I want to experience his presence stronger. I want y'all to be brought up higher. I want to see the congregation that we saw, the young adults that we, we spent time with in Dallas. That was great. Those relationships were great. But with the people here, I want the, the, the salvation to be even nearer than it was before. You need to get inside of your spirit today that your future is now. The salvation of your life is so much nearer than your original salvation experience. That God is right here, right now, ready to help you and change your life. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Your future is now you're gonna have to understand this scripture that you walk by faith and not by sight. Because if you say, Well, I'm just gonna wait till I get heaven to get healed, well you'll probably get there pretty quick. (laughs) Well, I'll just wait till I get a job before I start giving. I'll wait till I get I become better and then I'll go to church. I can't go to church. Now, I'm not talking to y'all. I'm talking to people that aren't at church. But we've all had that thought before where you've been so ashamed, you've been so embarrassed of whatever you've done, small town, people talk. If I step foot in church, the gates of hell will prevail against me and push me out of the door. I, I, can't, I can't be there. I'll wait till I get better. i work on myself, and then I'll go to church. No, no, no. Now is the accepted time. Now is your day of salvation to walk into this church and be who God called you to be. Because you are a member. If you are saved, you are a member of the body of Christ and you are needed now more than ever to step into your role. Now more than ever, you need to walk and prosper and be the person that God has called you to be and let go of those things behind you. The truths that you have believed have been lies. If you look in the mirror and it says in the scriptures that his word is a mirror to us, when you look in that and say, do I see what God calls me to see or is there some things that I'm looking at that are wrong or in error? And when you see that wrong or in error, there's not condemnation there. There should be something inside of you that says, no, 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 that's not me anymore. I'm going to put on the full armor of God. As I finish, I want to leave you with this thought that I want you to think about and chew on for the next week. One of the prophets gave this prophetic word. She preached Sunday night, Monday night, and she did a session with the staff on Tuesday morning that we were at. And she asked this question. She gave this um, she gave this prophetic word that me and Maddie are, are chewing on right now. When I say chewing on, I mean that we're, we're just working through um, and we're trying to figure out how to apply it to our lives and how to apply it to the church's life. And uh, it just put something inside my heart to bring it back here, uh, to put it inside of y'all's hearts um, so that, that you can receive it and, and, and talk with God about it. So here's the, it's a simple one sentence prophetic word that she gave. She says, what you decide in the next few months will affect your next eight to ten years. And it's something that, that she talked about for the three sessions that she did on. She said, this is the prophetic word that I feel that I'm supposed to bring to the church and bring to the congregation, and it's something that I'm looking at right now in my life. What you decide to focus on What you decide to be intentional about over the next few months, prophetically, will affect your next eight to ten years. So I have come home from this prophetic conference with this word that I'm working through right now. In my own personal life, there's some things in our family that I want to focus on. There's some things in our finances that I'm focusing on. There's some, some, some debt that me and her are working on that I said, you know what, I want to pay some debt off right now in my life, so in the next eight to ten years I'm going to be debt free. I'm believing by faith that my house is going to get paid, my cars are going to be paid off. It's a big faith statement, big faith statement. But I can't do the things that God wants us to do if I'm being held back and pulled back by debt. So, that's something personally that, that we're working on in our lives over the next couple months. Me and Maddie are praying right now and looking what can we apply to the church? What can we focus on for the next couple months, for the rest of the year, that will help drive this church for the next eight to ten years? And I just want to bring this prophetic word to you. You can receive it and work on it and, and start asking God, what are some specific things? Is it relationships? Is it finances? Is it, is it getting healthy? Is it being a part of this church? Is it praying more? Is it reading more? Talk with God about it. He's, he's more than willing to, to speak with you and show you that what you focus on, what you're intentional on over the next couple months will drive your next 8 to 10 years. And so I just want to bring that word that your future is right now. Right now is your moment now is the acceptable time. Now is the acceptable time to be healed. Now is the acceptable time to be saved. Now is the acceptable time to let go of that depression, to let go of that fear, to let go of that anxiety. Now is the acceptable time to start believing for a job or a better job. Now is the acceptable time to believe that your marriage will get better. Now is the acceptable time to start believing for a spouse, to believe for finances and education. Now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation for you if you believe. Amen? Amen. Amen. I, I pray that you will go home and, and take this word, chew on it this week, pray about it, talk to God about it, talk with your family about it, Of say, this is what we're going to do. You know, me and Maddie are going to sit down this week and talk, and we're going to say, here's five things in our lives that we're going to focus on and be intentional about. Is it praying together as a family? Is it praying together as a church? Is it giving more? Is it serving more? Is it doing this? Is it doing that? That we're going to get together and we're going to focus on those intent and everything that we do for the next couple of months, does it fall in line with those five things? And if it doesn't, it's going to go by the wayside because I believe that this prophetic word was sent to us, sent to the conference and now me bringing it to us, that it can impact and change, that if we look what we do for a couple of months and sow a couple of seeds, I'm not saying financial seeds, but I'm saying sowing seeds into the kingdom for six or eight months, that we'll look back in eight to ten years, look back and say, I, can't, I thank God that I listened to that prophetic word. And I sowed seeds back then because I'm reaping the harvest of those things for the next eight to ten years. Amen? Amen. Let's stand up today as we get ready to go. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you that you have brought this word to us for this moment, for right now in our lives. You know what's going on in our lives, Father, and we choose right now to believe your word over our situation. No matter what's been spoken over us, we're going to go look in the mirror of the word and see if it is acceptable to your word. We know that we have some truths in our lives that honestly, they aren't real truths. They might be worldly truths, but they're not God truths. So Father, this week speak to us and show us the truths that we have been believing that are ultimately lies, that we can bring God's truth and put them on top of those truths and remove them from our lives. Father, this week speak to us as we seek out by faith six or eight a few things that we can focus on over the next six to eight months that we can be intentional about. Whatever that is, Father, speak to us, speak to our families, speak to us as a church, speak to us as leaders on what we can be intentional about for the next couple months so that it will shape our future over the next eight to ten years, Father. I thank you that we stand and believe that right now is our accepted time. Right now is my day of salvation in whatever's going on in my life. Right now is my day of salvation. I call it forth in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for your people. I thank you that you're blessing them. I thank you uh, that they are healed. I thank you that they have the mind of Christ. I thank you that the favor of God surrounds them like a shield. I thank you that everything they put their hands to prospers, Father. I thank you that they are the salt and light of the earth. They are a city set on a hill. And, Father, we refuse to be hidden. We know that we are the body of Christ. We know that we are called to go out, one, to be blessed, and two, to be a blessing to everyone we come in contact with, Father. And we know that we will overcome Satan himself by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So Father, use us this week to share our testimony with someone in the community, to invite them to church, to encourage them, to speak life into them. Now Father, protect your people, cause them to prosper in everything they do this week and bring them back safely next Sunday. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you, we love you. Thank you all so much for being here and we'll see you all on Sunday. Thank you for listening to Press Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us or are interested in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in our bio or visit presschurch.org. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Press Church SC, and have a great week.